All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for another episode of Leading Through Adversity. Like always, I'm your host, Jesus Ericampa, and I am glad that uh, Texas has thought out. You know, we live here in El Paso, Texas, and luckily we're in far west Texas, where we were not impacted uh, like the rest of Texas and, and Oklahoma and other states. So I, I give thanks to God and, and, and our blessings that everything was fine. I think the worst thing that happened here at our house was we lost uh, our vacuum pump uh, line to our swimming pool. The um, One of the valves broke off and froze off, and uh, you know we've, we've got some plumbers on their way to fix it, and unfortunately they are totally out of uh, the, those type of valves, and we're having to wait a couple of extra days before they can get that fixed. But I'm glad that uh, the rest of Texas is, is thawing out and getting better, and our prayers and our... And our wishes go out to those that are still affected and still don't have any water or electricity. And, uh, you know, we hope that things get better for them here really quick. All right. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Leading Through Adversity, Unmasking Leadership, the podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Leading Through Adversity. I'm your host, Jesus Ericampa, owner and CEO of Leading Through Adversity. You can find us at leadingthroughadversity.com. Today, I am privileged to bring you a very special guest, Mr. Barat Canoria. Did I say it right? Absolutely, Ari. Good to see you, buddy. Wow. Well, thanks. It's a pleasure to talk to you again and get to have you on our show. And just let me let me brag a little bit about you. You know, um, Mr. Barat brings a whole lot of experience on leadership and uh, evaluating businesses. So if somebody has a dream of becoming a, getting on Shark Tank, you know, you might want to run your idea through him first before and see if you got the right valuation before they throw you out. Uh, actually, he's got more experience on established businesses, but I'm sure he'll help you out with that anyway, right? Um, yeah, uh, established businesses and a lot of the work that I do is around venture capital. So I know exactly what venture capitalists are looking for. So even if you've got a startup, I can definitely help you. Well, I saw your profile and you've... you've um, you valued companies such as Uber, Airbnb, DoorDash, GE, Tesla. I mean, that, that's, that's an ex- exciting resume right there in itself. Exciting and scary. Maybe that's why I'm getting older. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, 27 years of law enforcement, my hair's turning white and my, <laughs> line, my, my headline's starting to recede. But anyways, uh, so before we got any further, uh, would you just tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, uh, just everything we, want, everything we need to know about you, sir? So, um, uh, Eddie, I'm a valuation expert. I am one of the few valuation people in the country who can value tangible assets, um, like a factory or a building or a power plant or a stadium, um, or intangible assets like a trademark or a domain name or a copyright, and things that are in the middle like an entire business, venture capital, or established. Um, and the reason I can do that is because over the last 20 years, I have uh, appraised all kinds of assets, um, good or bad or complicated or easy. Right. And in case uh, anybody wants to check out, to see him in action, he's got a really good uh, YouTube channel, uh, What It's Worth on YouTube, I believe it is, correct? Yeah, What's It Worth on YouTube, yes. Yeah, I, I got to see a couple of episodes and those were, were really interesting. I mean, I didn't even know you could do that. I mean, I saw the one where you go in and you uh, you evaluated one of the uh, grocery stores. Uh, yeah. That that one was pretty cool, and 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 it and it helps leaders understand that you know what, uh, th- there's a lot of times we're missing uh, the value that we actually bring. I mean, like like you said, you know, a, a brand is is got a lot of value, and 
you know, a lot of the times, you know, when you, 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 you don't think about it, is you're actually buying somebody's name, somebody's reputation. When, when you go out and you buy things, you know, like, like GM, Ford, uh, you know, certain items, they're, they're named after people, and, and your brand is your name, and what's it worth? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you hit the nail on the head, um, Eddie. Brand is nothing more than just your credibility. You know, people buy Apple because people think Apple will do the right thing when it uh, comes down to it. Uh, people buy insurance from New York Life or the Hartford or what have you because of the brand, right? I mean, or people select a bank many times because of the bank. So, yeah, I mean, a brand really matters. And um, most times, or you know, when I receive a call or a question from small business owners, you know, they think their brand is worth a lot just because their name is associated with the company. Um, so do you see the show The Profit? Mm-hmm. I love that show, uh, Mark Lamonis. I love it. I enjoy, I enjoy that show. So, you know, Marcus at one time uh, purchased or became partners with this car dealership called Atanos Motors. And uh, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but basically it was the owner's last name associated with the car dealership. So mm-hmm. he took everything very personal because it was his last name. Right. You know, first thing Marcus did was come down and change the damn name. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, so, and, 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 you know, the guy kept saying, but it has so much brand value. Marcus was like, where's the brand value? Where's a customer? Show me a customer. You show me a customer, then I say there's a brand value. Just because you have a big board doesn't mean it's a brand that that's a, that, that's that's interesting and I want to come back to that but you know what before we get ahead of ourselves how was your 2020 I mean it's how how was business how were you how was how was your family was 2020 okay for you all yeah yeah I mean um, you know business was a suffer um, we were suffering through June from March through June and then it started to pick up, um, and then it's been all right. Um, family's been okay, with God's grace. Um, um, you know, uh, fortunately, my kids uh, can go to school uh, in person, so it's nice to get them out of the house. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it could be worse. So, yeah, I know it's not perfect, but, you know, let's all just count our blessings. Right, and that's all we really can do. You know, a lot, I know a lot of people um, have been complaining and, and haven't really taken advantage of, you know, I, I, and I just want to say that I'm, I'm one of the blessed ones. I was very lucky. 2020 was actually a very good year for me uh, all the way around, you know, financially, business-wise, um, venture, uh, ventures that I took on that I didn't, you know, people thought I was insane doing some of the things that I did, but it was actually a really good time to take a risk on a lot of things and, uh, you know, because people... People were buying. I mean, people were they, were, they were locked in their homes and they needed things to do and content such as your YouTube channel, you know. Uh, your YouTube channel brings a lot of education, you know, a lot of things to it. So, you know, why don't you tell me a little bit more, or tell us a little bit more of, of what the purpose behind your YouTube channel is? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, nowadays, Eddie, you know, anything you do, value becomes very important. I mean, you can put 
you know, you want to buy a home, you know, a home's value is very important. You want to buy your car or sell your car, your car's value is important. You want to buy a stock, is that stock overvalued or undervalued? You want to buy Bitcoin, overvalued, undervalued. You want to buy or sell a business, what's the value, right? Because you can use that value as a number or, or a benchmark and buy more things, right? So if you have a $10 million business, well, you can use the $10 million value and take cash out, real money from the bank. You can put the business as collateral or you could use that for the house or what have you. So value has become really a big hot topic over the last 15 years. Um, and my YouTube channel is designed to educate business owners and everyday people about valuation you know each week if you notice i'm talking about a different business one week i talk about a grocery store one week i can talk about a cpa practice one week i talk about a roofing company one day i talk about a uh, construction company one day i'm talking about a e-commerce business so each week i pick a business and i talk about three things simple again if you see my videos they're very short I'm only talking about three things in each video. I'm talking about what are the greatest and latest trends in that business. I share what are the rules of thumb of valuation in that business. And number three, I talk about what are the two, three levers the entrepreneur can push or pull to maximize the business's value. So that I come from a perspective that, hey, if you will call me as an appraiser to appraise your business, these are the things I'll be looking at. And if you focus on these things and improve these things, you can maximize your business's value. I'm like the magician giving away the magician's code. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I love your videos. I mean, I, honestly, like I said, uh, I learned a whole lot, you know, and I was just like, wow. And, and I love to learn. I'm a forever learner. So, you know, everybody, anybody gets a chance, you know, check it out. Uh, the YouTube channel, what it's worth. Gotta get what's that. it worth? What's yes. it worth? Right. What is? What's it worth? What's it worth? I'm horrible. My memory, short-term memory, is terrible. That's probably why I retired. I don't know. Um, but uh, you know, this show is basically based on leadership and stuff like that. And 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 you bring a very important tool to leadership because a lot of times CEOs and and leaders we don't know what we truly have. So I would just like to. I'm just curious as to what is your definition of leadership. In my humble opinion, a leader is really a servant. A leader is a servant to whomever he leads or she leads. And we have it backwards as a society because it is taught to us incorrectly. Um, a leader is not somebody who screams and yells and bosses people around and lives in ivory towers and palaces. No. A leader is somebody who is a humble servant of people. And as a reward for that service, people might put her in a palace or people might put them in the White House or what have you. So first, a leader is really just a humble servant. And then everything cascades. Right. Now, you and I had a really interesting conversation the other day, and we were talking about, and, you know, we talked a little bit about my history and stuff like that. And, you know, we look at the word leadership in the dictionary, and you have its traits and its possibilities of what it is and stuff like that. 
But one of the things that I have found throughout my career is that people have a very warped understanding of leadership. I think you've nailed the definition really good on the head, you know, because I consider myself a public servant. Uh, I've gone out and I've done things for the communities. I've been in three different communities that I did not grow up in where I created and developed programs to improve the community. However, the issue was the I was brought in as the outsider, as a change agent, and the people that I took over that I was trying to lead were a little apprehensive and a little aggressive because it was no longer doing the, the, the same thing as that we've always done it. Now we've got new rules. We've got accountability and things like that. And, you know, I actually had one day I had one of my police officers in my office actually tell me that I was a terrible leader. And I asked him, why am I a terrible leader? And he's all like, because, you know, the other chief, we used to go and play golf and drink beer together. And I'm like, that's what makes me a terrible leader because I don't go drink beer with you. And he's all like, well, yeah, you're, you're, you're not a good leader because a good leader is supposed to, you know, uh, associate with their, their peers and thing, with their subordinates. And I was like, well, okay. So I'm just kind of curious, what do you think about that? Right? That's, that was I was my... like, I would have been like, you know what? Let's go for a beer. <laughs> if that's going to make me a leader in your mind, fuck, a beer is going to cost, what, five bucks, ten bucks? Let's do it. Well, you know, that's, I had... the, cheapest, that's the cheapest price for becoming a leader. <laughs> you're, you're right. I didn't think about that. You know what? Man, I wish I had known you back then. I probably should have done that. But, you know, I just, I, I was like, uh, I don't play golf. You know, I, I guess I could have gone and driven the golf cart and drank the beer with him. I guess you're absolutely right. You know what? You see, you learn something new every day. Here you guys have heard it first. Breaking news. If you are not a good leader because somebody says you won't drink a beer with them, it'll be the best five bucks you ever spent. Let's go have a beer. <laughs> awesome. I love that. So, in your opinion, and I think you, we, we touched on it a little bit, uh, are leaders made or are they born? Um, you know, there's a, a movie, um, Seabiscuit, mm-hmm. and uh, it's one of my favorite movies. I love Jeff Bridges. Um, and in that movie, there's a saying uh, by Dickens, I think. They were reading uh, excerpts from the book, and it says, You don't know how high you are until you're asked to rise. So most people are not born leaders. And again, you know, the definition of leadership is screwed up in our society, I think. Nobody, so if we go back to what I said, humble servant, most people don't wake up one day and say, I'm going to become a humble servant. They see a purpose, they see a need, um, they, they see something that needs to be done. And they just do it. And they just do it in a way that they're taking everybody along. So I think um, leaders evolve. Of course, you have to have that seedling in you for providing service, for being a servant. But if you nurture that seed, that feeling, um, it grows. And that becomes that big tree, giant flower, what have you, as a leader. Absolutely. You know, I had a, I had a, a good friend of mine on the show last week, uh, Brian Mackey. He's a he is a uh, assistant general manager at Costco out in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He said the exact same. 
different words, but said, said the exact same thing, is that, you know what, um, leaders are not born. We all have that trait, and as long as it's nature, nurtured in the correct manner and watered and, and things like that, you know, that leadership quality will come out on you. And sometimes, you know, you, you, you may be 60 years old before you realize you, become a leader, you became a leader because some circumstance or some situation might have just uh, blossomed you all of a sudden, and, you know, you're that, you're that unicorn that all of a sudden just rose to the top. You know, so that does happen. You know, 20, 2020 has been uh, an adventurous year for a lot of people. You know, we've seen a lot of issues. And 2021 hasn't, uh, well, especially if you live in Texas, hasn't been uh, a very good year so far. You know, we're, we're, uh, we're iced under. Luckily, we live in West Texas, and we're not part of Texas. If you ask uh, Senator Ted Cruz, uh, he, he thinks we belong in Juarez, Mexico, I believe. But anyway, uh, let's not get into politics. But, um, you know, adversity, you know, uh, leadership is all about adversity. I mean, I'm sure you've been in adverse situations uh, when people don't agree with your valuation. I'm sure, you know, so what what, um, what does the word adversity mean to you and how do you deal with it? Um, you know, many a times when people hear the word adversity, um, they get their guards up. Like, whoa, let's get into battle. And when you're young you generally tend to do that and most people they do that when they're younger and i did as well nowadays if i have a disagreement with somebody or if somebody said or did something i don't care for i keep my mouth shut there's no point getting in an argument with somebody. There's no point telling them how much you hate them or what you think of them. There's no point of that. There's no point ruining a relationship. Uh, just keep going. Let them be. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny. No wonder I felt some synergy with you when we first started talking is the, is the whole fact that, you know, as I've gotten older, I've just learned that, you know, quite frankly, you just don't argue with stupid. You know, you just... You just tell them they're right. You know, you're, yeah. Just nod your head and let them be. And, you know, you do you and I'll do me. And that's it. Let somebody else correct them. But, uh, yeah, adversity, it's, it's been, uh, you know, especially us in law enforcement. You know, I've been in law enforcement for 27 years. And, you know, as a young, hothead uh, police officer, you know, I was, I was full of adrenaline. And I wanted to kick down doors and, and arrest people and take people into custody as I got older and, and moved up into administration. That kind of started, we, you know, teetering off. But I want to come back to something that we started off in the conversation with, and that was talking about branding. You know, um, you know, a, a person's name it, it means a lot, and uh, you know, in and this is something that I, I talk about frequently. I talk about it is that you know, um, my name, you know, it's Jesus Eddie Camp. It's actually Jesus Eduardo, but everybody calls me Eddie, so I, I use it as my professional name is Jesus Eddie Campa. and uh, so you know, my name has because of my career in law enforcement has been run through the mud back and forth. But uh, the, the most interesting aspect of my career is that, you know, there's two stories about me out there in, in the world that are totally false. And I mean, you read them and it makes for a great uh, B movie on Netflix. You know, I just wish I could uh, find the, find an investor who would be willing to spend the money and we could put the movie together and, and run it. I think we'd get some really good uh, uh, viewerships. How do you deal with when, with that adversity, like you're, you're trying to value a brand 
but then it's got all this negative publicity, but yet the brand is still doing great. But the brand can't grow any further because there's all this adversity on it. And the owner may think it's valued worth more. But how, how do you deal with something like that? Well, you know, as they say, um, tell me something that's perfect and I'll tell you something that's not. Right? I mean, nothing is perfect, right? Even Apple isn't perfect. Even the sun isn't perfect. Even God isn't perfect. We know that from the Bible. Right? So every brand, how much ever perfect it is, right? I mean, Rolex or Cadillac or Lexus or, you know, whatever you want to pick. I mean, you, you talk about, oh, you think... Lexus is a perfect car. Well, you know, just Google Lexus lawsuits and see what all pops up, right? I mean, you know, people talk trash about Eddie. Yeah, well, you know, you also Google good things about Eddie Compa and see what pops up, right? right? So everything is has the good, bad, the ugly. Yeah, I mean, you know, as I say, life is a balancing act. You just hope that the um, good surpasses the bad and the ugly, right? You just need 51% of good. 49% can still be bad. You're still tipping the scale. There you go. God, I, lo- I love you, man. You are so freaking awesome, man. Um, really. Tell that to my wife, please. Well, you know what? That's what, When people <laughs> say that about me, I always go, can you please tell my wife? Because she seems to humbly disagree all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's all of us, man. <laughs> right? I mean, I just can't win with her sometimes. Accountability. You know, why do you think that so many leaders, uh, you know, one of the things, like I said, you know, I... I, I've led, you know, four different agencies and, and I've been always, I've always been brought in. And the first thing I hear is we want change and we want people held accountable. However, once we start holding people accountable, that's not really what they meant. You know, why do you think people in general, especially leaders, I mean, we're in, we're in a time where, especially in the law enforcement profession, uh, you know, and I mean, just... Just uh, today or yesterday, Greg Abbott called for the resignation of everybody that runs the Electric co- uh, Commission in Texas. I mean, you know, it's getting harder and harder to become a leader. Uh, anything you do wrong, you're, you're pretty much asked to resign. Yet, they want you to hold the people accountable. But when you do hold them accountable, they still come after you. So, so what do you think? I mean, what, 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 is, what is wrong with society and, and its ability to hold people accountable? You know... As a leader or as anybody in any kind of responsibility or power, you got to be able to take wrath from both sides. Again, you're going to get 49% bad wrath, 51% good stuff. So you just hope that you have that incremental benefit. Um, as far as accountability is concerned, change doesn't happen overnight, Eddie. Right, right. Right. I mean, the people that you work with, you know, they were used to doing things a certain way. And, uh, you know, like I, I am part of this organization and we've had two of our last presidents quit. And I am I was made president because frankly, I think I was the last guy standing. And when I had to make changes, it took me a while to make that turn in the right direction. It took like two, three, four meetings of consistency of telling people that, hey, this is what we want to do. This is how we're going to do it. This is how we do it. Let's not do that again. You know, if I had gone in and just made a hard left turn, I would have left 
99% of the people behind and I would have been the only guy on the boat. So, you know, it's like an aircraft carrier, right? You got to turn, you got to turn slowly, just make sure all your airplanes are with you. Um, so change in any organization needs to happen and change needs to happen consistently. But that doesn't mean slowly, it means consistently. Now, time is defined by you, right? Now, many a times officials might say, oh, we got to be accountable, this or that, because look, that, that, that's what gets them in the fucking newspapers, right? That's, I mean, that's what they want. That, that's what get the, gets them PR. But if, 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 if somebody is a real public official and real bureaucrat and knows how things happen, they know it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take at least six months to 12 months. And you still got to work at it. It's got to be consistent. Yeah, this is what you say in the media because that's what you got to do to get elected. That's different. But internally, this is how things happen. Well, you know, if, and that's the, that's the hard part. You know, if you look at, and I'm not picking sides here, but what I'm saying is that if you look at the last several presidential elections, I mean, if that's the best we've got as far as leadership, man, we, we've got some major problems in this country, you know. And I think that's why a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of people are being placed in these leadership positions because other people who actually have the credentials, not the credentials, the people who actually have the desire to want to do it the right way, I think are afraid to actually step into that arena because they see how, I mean, you get beat up pretty hard, you know, and, and I think... Um, you know, it's just some people that just go in there and, 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 and take a swing and they get elected and they don't know the first thing about leadership, like you said. I mean, it's, it's, it's about moving slowly and consistently, not slowly, but consistently. And uh, I think that's where we get ourselves in trouble sometimes. Oh, you're going to get beaten up. I mean, you know, change isn't easy, right? I mean, if you're trying to make things happen and you are changing the way people think and do things, you are really... As they say, you're changing the status quo. What you're doing is you're threatening their livelihoods. Yep. Right? I mean, people don't like that. Yeah. People, you know, you're threatening their lifestyle, the yeah. status quo. Well, you know, I had, a, I had an interview uh, not too long ago um, for a police chief position, and, uh, you know, that, that was the first thing they said, you know, we want you to hold people accountable and we want change. My response was like, you know, um, every time I'm asked that, I need to understand exactly what your definition of change is and what your definition of accountability is, because once I give it to you, you don't like it. And uh, they were kind of taken back by that response. Um, and obviously, I didn't get the job. So, <laughs> so I guess they didn't like that response. I mean, but they gave me a very good, they, they at least, you know, it's funny because I told my wife, at least they were honest. Because they said, well, you know, we, 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 we have to say these things. And you mentioned it earlier because that's what gets us elected. It keeps us in our job. But we also can't just, as you said, turn the, turn the ship and, and lose all the aircraft. However, you know, let me ask you this. You've done some, you've done some city government work. There's times where you walk into a place and the only way to correct it is having to implode the place. You know, what kind of advice would you have on that kind of situation? Um, <laughs> yes. Sometimes the only way to do it is just to flush it. Um, e even if you have to flush it, you just got to do it gently. You still got to sort of corral people or, you know, um, 
coddle people and explain it to them that look, it's not like the baby's ugly, <laughs> but the baby could use a facial or facial restructuring or whatever you want to call it, right? So I'm not calling the baby ugly. You've done a great job with the baby, but let's work on making maybe baby a little more handsome. Right, and give it a haircut or something. Give it a haircut or yeah, something. That, that's, 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 that's the one thing that I hate about when people say, look at my babies and it's so cute. And you're like, sure, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Um, I always make fun of my son. My son looks just like me. He's like my identical twin. So uh, every time I tell him, I said, man, you were, you were the ugliest little baby I'd ever seen. He's like, so I look like you, Dad? I said, yeah. So, so I guess you and me are both ugly, you know? Um, but he's, he's 15 years old now. He looks exactly like me. And, you know, everybody, I take him, um, you know, where I take him places and I introduce him. And they're like, you don't need to introduce him. We know who he is just by looking at him. Um, <laughs> so before we wrap things up, uh, how about uh, your top three leaders? Uh, who do you think are, are the our top leaders in, 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 in history or currently? Um, for me, a real leader is um, Teddy Roosevelt. I think he's a fantastic leader. Um, and a leader does not necessarily have to have a title. You know, a leader is somebody who does what needs to be done. My father is a great leader, right? I mean, I love spending time with him. He's done the right things in life, and he's helped a lot of people. He's done good by us. And uh, frankly, I would like to say, uh, hopefully, I'll be a admirable leader at the end of this life. You know, I'm not going to be any, no, Teddy Roosevelt, but uh, I think I'll do all right. Well, I think you've done a hell of a job. I mean, you're, you're very successful, and, you know, I... I just from the short time that we've met and the few times that we've talked, I mean, I've, I've learned a whole lot from you. And, and that was, you know, that, that, that's, it's fairly hard to kind of impress me, and, and you've done that. So, I mean, in my eyes, I think you're a great leader, and you're, you're on the right track, and I appreciate everything that you're doing, and the time that you spend with us today really means a lot to me. Thank you, Eddie. I really appreciate you having me, and you're doing good work. Let's just keep on doing it man i'd be happy to come back and see how you're doing in a few months oh absolutely i'm definitely going to have you back once again uh, you want to you want to plug the youtube channel one more time before i mess it up oh no, no it's easy it's it's what's it worth on youtube just put that in and barat and it'll come up and i'm sure eddie will put the link in his description below as well so absolutely. thank you again eddie absolutely my pleasure brad well, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. You have it. Uh, you heard it uh, from one of the few, one of the great leaders in my eyes, uh, as far as you know, advice and, and and the way he looks at things and valuations and things like that. Uh, if you have any questions, please shoot them in to me at uh, Eddie Eddie C at Leading Through Adversity, and we'll make sure we get them to him. And the next time he's on the air, we'll uh, we'll answer those questions. And once again, again, thank you very much for your time, and we'll see you next time. Come back next week when our guest will be none other than Scott Masharelli. Yes, Scott Masharelli. I just love saying that. Masharelli. He is a life coach, leading coach, leadership coach, development coach. He has taught people from all over the globe and all over the world and has a lot of experience, over 25 years worth of experience in the airline industry. 
um, not as a pilot or anything like that, but as a mentor, as a coach for one of the leading airline uh, in, uh, companies in the industry. Again, Scott Macharelli next week here on Leading Through Adversity.